So if you don't have sales flowing through your business, sales is the heartbeat of your business. And if you don't have sales flowing through your business, then there's no heartbeat and you have no business. Everything, you know, is dead, right? Right. Um, so when I understood that, I understood that more than marketing, more than branding, I had to be able to get people to spend money with me. And as you know, I have the ability of getting people to spend a lot of money without ever having even seen my face. Mm -hmm. uh, thanks to, you know, no branding of my own. Just So number one, know your product. You have to, have to, have to know your product or your service like the back of your hand. Welcome to the Uncensored Show with your host, George Atchampal, where we share the mindset, tips, tools, strategies, and stories on how to use your money to do more of what you love and what you were called to do. Money is like gas on a road trip. Sure, you need it to get where you're going, but you're not going on a tour of gas stations. Money fuels your journey. The question is, what's yours? Live life uncensored. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Uncensored Podcast. And today, you're in for a treat. If you ever wanted to take your business to the next level, if you wonder the tactics, the tips, the strategies, the resources on what you need to make your business a six-figure empire, then today is the episode for you. So today, we got a chance to sit down with a really good friend of mine who I've had an opportunity to do some really good work with uh, to see firsthand what it takes to really accelerate a business to the next level, right? And so on today's episode, we got a chance to sit down with Donnie Wiggins, who is a digital business development coach who helps entrepreneurs take the guesswork out of starting and growing their business to six figures through her signature program, the Six Figure Accelerator. She works with both existing and aspiring entrepreneurs who want to create and execute on their ideas to transition from employment to full-time entrepreneurship. She has personally coached hundreds of entrepreneurs and has consistently been able to help them increase their revenues up to multiple six figures. Donnie has also consulted multiple seven and eight figure companies, consistently increasing revenues through digital sales and marketing. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, then obviously today is going to be a phenomenal episode for you to listen to. She really gives some practical gems, some strategies, and as you'll see throughout the podcast, as I consistently co-sign her, she really knows exactly what it takes to take your business to the next level. So tap in, tune in, grab your notepad or your, your iPhone, wherever you decide to take notes, and listen to today's podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Uncensored Show. And today, I got none other than the Donnie Wiggins on the show. Donnie, how are you? I am awesome and amazing. I'm happy to be here with you, George. How are you? I, you know, I can't complain. We joked about it offline before we got started. I said, if I was any better, I'll be you. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. I can't complain, right? That's a pretty, pretty good measuring stick. So, you know, for the increasingly small population, right? Because now I see Donnie, you on podcasts, you on stages. Now, granted, now they're virtual stages, right? Because nobody's doing speaking engagements. But, um, you know, more and more people are getting to know, you know, who Donnie, Donnie Wiggins is and what she's all about. So for that increasingly small population, can you just share with us who is Donnie Wiggins? Donnie Wiggins is the bomb.com. All right, all right. <laughs> no, joking. Uh, but in, in the professional space, Donnie Wiggins is a business coach and strategist. Mm -hmm. uh, I work with entrepreneurs, helping them to really take the guesswork, George, out of growing their business to six figures. Yep. Uh, on a one-on-one -on -one level, I have a premium you know, offer where I uh, help people one-on-one -on -one if it's a business that I just like and it's a project that I want to work with. Uh, but on a big scale, in, in your words, um, high, level, high level, on a high level, <laughs> on a high level, I work with entrepreneurs who are uh, looking to grow a coaching, consulting, or information-based business and help them grow to six figures. 
Okay, very, very niche, very specific, no guesswork, no ambiguity, literally taking the guesswork out, right? Okay, yeah, that's awesome. So, you know, I have the luxury of, of knowing uh, Donnie's actual skill set, right? So we both got had an opportunity to work um, on the process of scaling another company. And, you know, when Donnie came in to do what she did, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you don't know what a person can do until you see him do it, right? We're talking sales, we're talking marketing, we're talking automation, we're talking customer service, we're talking a little bit of everything. And so she is someone that if you are looking to grow your business, I strongly encourage you to tap into what she has going on. Because I can speak from experience. Like I, I was watching it like side by side. It's almost like you're running a race, right? And then you're running and then somebody's running beside you and they start taking off a little bit faster. You're like, I didn't I know you had it like that, right? <laughs> Um, so Donnie, Donnie is the truth. So I can vouch that she knows what she's talking about when it comes to helping you grow your business. Thank you. Um, um, and you know, I always got to give it back to you. I know that you're interviewing me, but you're so humble, George. That's one of the things that I love most about you. And, uh, you know, my upbringing is always, whether you're being interviewed or not, if you are in the presence of greatness, you speak on it. And I definitely got to give you uh, your shine as well, because you are, as your shirt says, uh, <laughs> black, brilliant and a billionaire in the making. It was a Thank pleasure you. to work with you. Donnie, the pleasure is all mine. I appreciate you sharing that. So like, take us on the journey, you know, from when you first like ventured into entrepreneurship until now, because you had your hands on a lot of stuff. You've got a chance to do a lot. Again, I know the personal story. Um, about the evolution of all the things that you've been able to do. But if you could just kind of summarize, that. I know it's probably an extensive journey, but, you know, give us that the high level perspective of uh, the journey of entrepreneurship, you know, that has landed you ultimately to where you are right now. Absolutely. So uh, if we're going back and making this uh, a really to the point story, mm -hmm. I knew entrepreneurship was for me, uh, you know, in high school and in, in high school, but it was really confirmed in college. Uh, just being in a space where I was able to determine really early on, George, that the people who were advising me about what I would do in my life and how big I would make it and how successful I would be and this huge salary that I would have in lifestyle, um, I had the opportunity to see up close and personal that those advisors, those professors weren't living a lifestyle that they were trying to convince me that I could live one day should I go down this path. Mm -hmm. So I knew early on that entrepreneurship was for me. Um, if you name it and it's legal, I've done it. Yeah. I've done everything from selling cars to real estate. Uh, I own a property management company, a luxury concierge uh, property management company, which I'm phasing out of um, right now because it's really hands-on. I have fallen into this digital world and I love it. Um, but really, you know, just, just trying my hands at everything from a very young age, from 17 years old, I believe my first company that I started legitimately was a commercial cleaning company and uh, found out that I didn't like that very much because <laughs> got to clean stuff. Right? right. And then went into as an entrepreneur that the, the uh, real estate space, I owned a couple of clothing stores. I have just my entrepreneurial journey really is the voice of hope for other people who are mm. on theirs. Uh, because where one thing didn't work for me and it may have taken someone else out, I just kept going like, okay, this idea isn't it, go on to the next one because there's so many, so many things I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. My, I was really like, I'm, I am really the spokesperson for if you have a lot of ideas in your head, you can do them. You can at least try them, right? right. Until you find that one that you can be excellent at and then you, you know, continue to build. But uh, in, in 2012, really discovering the online space mm -hmm. uh, because at that time my clothing boutiques which were previously successful began to decline because of the rise of all of the online boutiques that were coming mm -hmm. out you know around that time yeah and I had to make a decision to shut my stores down got involved in network marketing mm -hmm. and network marketing uh, I excelled I excelled in two of the companies that I was in, involved in two out of four of the companies that I was involved in and it put me on a platform as to where I was in front of tens of thousands of people as in, you know, an influencer. Mm -hmm. And people started to come to me and say, well, what's your journey like? How, how can you help me? Yeah. I was doing it for free. Like I was doing that for free <laughs> until someone someday uh, sent me a DM on Facebook and said, hey, how much would you charge me to talk to me about my business? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, people get paid for that? Right, right, right. Okay, well, how much would you pay me? <laughs> right. 
And I believe that was really the start of me because I love helping people to, you know, take these ideas out of their head, put them on paper, Mm -hmm. off the paper into the universe, into this world. And so I've been in this space uh, now full time since 2014. Since 2014. I love it. I love it. So you you sparked something that I wasn't originally going to ask, but now I have to ask. So being that you've transitioned to so many different um, phases of entrepreneurship, so many different spaces, how do you know when it's time to pivot? And also what kind of gives you that like, I don't know, that like that inclination to just make the decision? Because I feel like obviously you've worked with a ton of entrepreneurs and you probably see this first firsthand. You know, sometimes people just hold on to certain things, whether it's a certain revenue stream or the business in totality, when they probably need to make a strategic decision to move on to the next thing. So is it just like a learned skill set? Is it something innate that just allowed you to say, hey, look, did this hang my hat here and I can move on? Because I feel like in today's society, so many people like, let's call it the screenshot culture, right? Like so many people are worried about the image of what they portrayed or what they're known for in a certain season. And they might already have an idea of what they want to transition to, but it's like, how can I do that? People already know me for this. So like, talk us through like what kind of gave you just the courage and confidence to say, you know what, I'm done here. Time to move on to the next thing. Well, the first thing that I really had to do was because I, 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 I too was that person at one time, like, man, people know me for this thing. How do I move into something different? Uh And one of the reasons that I'm really good at working with entrepreneurs is because I can talk to them in their language where they are. And so let me tell you how I transitioned that for myself. I compared entrepreneurship to relationships. And we have all at one time or another had a failed relationship that we had to move on from that everybody knew us, you know, in and connected us to. Uh And it's like, do you not date just because you were connected to someone else at one time? Do you not move on? Right. And so if you're, if you're connecting that with your business, it works the same way. When you identify, for me, when I was able to identify that uh, the business that I was working in either no longer served me or served my clients or customers, then I had to make the decision to move on. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference between a slow phase in business, uh, a business that needs a little bit more love and attention and something that's just not serving you. Uh, So is it causing you more grief than it's causing you pleasure? Do you no longer, you know, resonate with the message? Are your customers no longer getting the benefit of you? And I'll use my clothing store as an example. Um, I was in a, you know, I started off in a really small space Mm -hmm. in Macon, Georgia, because at that time that was all I could afford. And then I was able to get a larger space uh, right here in Atlanta, which was my goal. Uh, But of of course it was, it was... (laughs) 300 times the price, 300% markup on uh, the rent for Mm -hmm. and and the overhead. And um, as boutiques, you know, at first it was hot. It was good. I was, I was loving what I was doing. And then these Mm -hmm. boutiques started to emerge online. I could no longer compete with the price. So if I can't compete with the price, then I'm no longer serving the customer. If I can't charge the prices that I need, then I'm no longer making a profit, which means that I'm no longer serving myself. So I have to part ways. And I had people in my ear at the time that said, hey, just go online and you, you'll kill some of this overtime and then you'll be price competitive. But for me, the type of business that I built through my boutique, I was very hands-on. So when I tried the online experience at that time, I felt disconnected because I was even coaching through my boutique. Like I would coach mothers and daughters um, you know, t- with teenage daughters on how to dress for that age because the reality TV scene you know, was a big thing and just getting started at that time. And um, every, every teenager wanted to dress like a housewife or a love and hip hopper. And so, you know, I would coach uh, throughout that experience. And so I guess the biggest thing is number one, admitting and being transparent enough with yourself to say, hey, this is no longer serving my audience. This is no longer serving my client. It's no longer serving myself. And then you really, as an entrepreneur, whether you're scared or not, you have to adopt the mentality of, I think Bone Crusher said it best. I ain't ever scared. I ain't ever scared, like period, bottom line, point blank. And you don't have to mean that. You don't have to mean it because I've been scared many times. Uh But I just tell myself that when I have to show up and make big decisions. Like I just make decisions, you know, whether right or wrong. I, I have perfected the skill of making a decision and making that decision the right decision, period. 
learning how to master your money is no easy feat. If you Google financial advice right now, over 3 billion search results will come up. The question is, what's right for you? When to save? How can I save more? The right way to invest? What to invest in? The right way to manage my cash flow? These are all questions that people have on a daily basis. And that's exactly why I created the Money Mastery Academy to help you transform your relationship with money. Just a few of the things that we cover inside of the academy is one, showing you how to increase your income between two to $800 without working more hours or asking for a raise. Number two, showing you how to completely and finally manage and control your cash flow so that when you log into your online banking, you're not unpleasantly surprised. And three, the right way to pay off debt that will not only save you time, but will also save you money. So if that sounds like something that you'd be interested in, click the link in our show notes to learn more. We'd love to have you on the inside. There's actually a free training that you can get on cash flow management just by clicking that link. See you soon. Oh, love it. Love it. You know, um, so now, you know, thank you for giving us that journey, that context. And now we know that you're in the business of, you know, coaching and elevating other entrepreneurs who are trying to, you know, take their business to the next level. Right. And so you've, you've worked with all, to, uh, all types of entrepreneurs, six figures a year, six figures a month. You know, so my question is, in your opinion, when is it the right time to hire someone like yourself? When is it the right time to say, you know what, I need a coach? Because obviously it's not just people who, are making, who aren't making enough money, right? Sometimes it's that person who might be doing really well, but it's like, man, there's, there's a gap here. There's something missing. So in your opinion, when, are, when, when is it time to hire a coach? So you need different coaches for different phases. Not every coach specializes um, in the startup phase, maybe helping you to conceptualize an idea. Mm-hmm. Not every coach uh, focuses on the marketing strategies or uh, you know, branding and development, depending on what you need in your business. But mm-hmm. a, key, a key way to determine whether or not you need, a, you need a coach is number one, if you want to accelerate your results. If you want to accelerate your results and collapse the time frame that it usually takes entrepreneurs to see success in their business, mm-hmm. you want a coach. And that is because Uh, Coaches like myself have worked with entrepreneur after entrepreneur in various business models, and we've already tested um, strategies and can tell you what works and doesn't work. Uh, You need a coach if you are, you know, if you're a professional Google uh, researcher or YouTube researcher, and you find that that research is just leading you down the rabbit hole to more and more research, and you need to make a whole lot of sense of the information that that you've received, you need a coach. You also... Uh, need a coach if you are if you are having a challenge um, working through your own areas of opportunity. So if you are a procrastinator, if you uh, are not great at holding yourself accountable, if you do it in your own time, you know, then you need someone else that can help you along and guide you along uh, through your journey. So I wish George I had a coach at the beginning yeah. of my process. Like I honestly. Um, I didn't even know that coaching was a thing, right? When I started my entrepreneurial journey, I knew what mentorship was. I knew what it looked like to go and ask someone who had done what you've done or what you want to do for help. But mm-hmm. in the space that in, especially in Atlanta, when I was opening, you know, my clothing stores, even back then, the, the people who own clothing stores didn't want to help me. I would become their competition, right? Uh-huh. Um, so a coach would have been clutch in that moment because I'm, the coach isn't my competition and neither am I theirs. So you need a coach as soon as you decide that you have a goal that you want to accomplish and you need help accomplishing it. You can be at the very beginning of your journey. You can be in the intermediate phase. You can mm-hmm. be advanced level. Right. Uh, I, I have a client or had a client whose company, they're worth about $60 million, about $60 million. He's in e-commerce and he hired me a year and a half ago simply to help him get organized and to hold him accountable to the organization process that we created. Um, Also to help him make some staffing decisions in his business. So here you are, you have this young man whose company is $60 million, worth $60 million, and he still hired a coach. On the other end of that spectrum, I have people who have never gotten started and who hadn't made $1,000 in their business, (laughs) hired me as a coach, but they're serious. They understand that their investment must meet action. And Mm -hmm. that's where the magic happens. 
Got it. Incredibly insightful. So thank you for sharing that. And, you know, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you know, you, I've seen you thrive in on an operational level, client, customer service, sales, all that stuff. And there's many components that make a business thrive, right? Right. But we all know that sales, you know, converting someone from a browser to a buyer is what keeps the lights on, right? Now, obviously on the back end, on the operational side is what makes sure that you're delivering on your promise, but sales is what ensures you can keep the lights on. So again, not to, to keep bragging on you, but I, I've seen how you can, Donnie is a closer, right? <laughs> Donnie, Donnie will listen. I got a full full uh, glass of water here, and I, I'm willing to bet you. I'm willing to bet you that Donnie can sell me a glass of water virtually. Let me go pick it up from the store in Charlotte, and, and, and yeah. So I say that to say everybody needs. Most people need to boost and increase and improve their sales skills. So can you give us some of the sauce? I know you can't give us give us all of it, but what's some of the, what's the strategy behind like really being able to level up your sales? in like your close ratio? Because I've, I've seen you do it and I know a lot of entrepreneurs will benefit from getting some of that insight. So if you don't have sales flowing through your business, sales is the heartbeat of your business. And if you don't have sales flowing through your business, then there's no heartbeat and you have no business. Everything, you know, is dead, right? Right. Um, so when I understood that, I understood that more than marketing, more than branding, I had to be able to get people to spend money with me. And as you know, I have the ability of getting people to spend a lot of money without ever having even seen my face, mm -hmm. uh, thanks to, you know, no branding of my own. Just So number one, know your product. You have to, have to, have to know your product or your service like the back of your hand. And it goes beyond being able to say, well, you know, my product is this shirt. Well, what's the fit of the shirt? What mm -hmm. body type is that shirt for? Uh, what type of person would typically wear this shirt? How mm -hmm. does your customer feel when they're putting on that garment? How does the fabric move? You have to know the in and inner and outer workings of your product. Uh, number two, I can't stress enough that uh, sales is actually a learned behavior. Mm. It is actually a learned behavior. There are people who are born with confidence and they apply that confidence to sales, right? Um, you don't come out of the womb knowing how to sell. It is a learned behavior that you may apply some of your other um, characteristics to. But so I say that to say study. You have to be a student of sales. So find someone who matches your sales swag, so to speak. Do people still say that? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> find someone who matches your sales swag and model them, really model them. But then also knowing how, uh, knowing how to, you have to understand the psychology of sales. And one of those, uh, one of those principles are knowing people, knowing how to assess people. Because if you are only used to selling to a certain person a certain way, you will not be successful at sales. So I know that we create these ideal client avatars and we identify our target markets and all those things. But you have to understand that everything uh, that you wrote about your client avatar isn't always going to translate immediately with the prospects that you're talking to. So mm -hmm. really, really, really understanding people. And then one other thing for me that really helps me to thrive in sales is being detached from the outcome. Truthfully, I don't care if you purchase or you don't, right? Um, I have established what my closing ratio is. And so for me, it's numbers. It's about numbers. So if I know what my closing ratio is, let's say you're someone and your closing ratio is 20% mm -hmm. and, and your business requires that you take calls. Well, you know that for every 100 people you talk to, on average, you're going to close 20 of them. So I do my best and I present the product the way the product or service is supposed to be presented. It is not up to me to make you say yes or no. It's right. up to me to uh, find, uh, you know, follow my script address your needs and concerns, identify what your problems are, show you the value with my product or service and how it can address some of your needs. Mm -hmm. And then you make the decision. I'm completely detached from the outcome. If you say no, great. If you say yes, great. I know that I have to get through 100 people to close 20. And closing 20 meets all of my goals and expectations. 
So that would be another thing. People take sales really personally. When people say no, they don't know how to bounce back. They are discouraged and they feel like, you know, their product or service isn't worth it or it's not working or it's not valuable. Mm -hmm. When sometimes you're just too emotionally detached to the outcome. Makes a hundred percent sense. And another gem that she gave you out that you might not, might have not caught is that you need to have a legitimate process to generate enough people so that you can not be committed to the result. You're going to be committed to the result. If the only way you get leads is a DM or you're trying to figure out through your next lead or you're like, of course you're going to be attached to the result, right? Cause you don't have enough bodies, enough people to talk to. So you have to close that sale. So the gym that she gave you, I hope y'all caught is make sure that there's a, a, a process in place to consistently generate enough people to talk to so that you can actually be detached from the result. Yeah. Is, is that a fair assessment? That is definitely a fair assessment. And, and you saying that leads me to another point. Um, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and I tend to uh, turn away, at least from a one-on-one -on -one level, entrepreneurs mm. who are building a business out of desperation. Mm. It creates that environment that you just talked about where we're becoming desperate and we'll say anything to close a sale. We'll do anything. We'll give anything. We'll throw anything in yeah. to close a sale because we're desperate either for the status of what success means to us or we're, or we're desperate for the income. Mm. And so the best time to start your business and the best time to position yourself to be successful at sales is when, uh, when, when you have, your, your money, you know, together, at least you're able to keep your head above water, at least you're right. paying bills. Now that's not the case for, for everyone. I know many people, myself included, who actually, uh, you know, I built my very first business out of desperation. And mm -hmm. so I can offer that advice because I was desperate, because I had previously lost everything that I owned and single mom, and I had to basically get it out of the mud. I had to do whatever I had to do to be successful, but I was also doing too much, giving too much, saying too much, uh, you know, whatever it took to close the sale. And so my business wasn't as profitable as I would have liked it to be. Well, now that I'm building a business after, you know, making the decision years ago, I went back to work and I stayed in that position at work until I knew that I could take care of myself as an entrepreneur, take care of my responsibilities. And then that time around, that time around when I started to build a business and it was no longer out of desperation, but it was out of desire, the numbers look a whole lot different. The mm. numbers look a whole lot different. So I want to be clear in that. Um, there are so many people who have built businesses out of desperation and they are thriving. They are doing amazing, but that's not everybody's story. In fact, that's not for most people. Mm -hmm. because many people don't have the mental capacity to move forward with the other elements of your life that desperation uh, will be affecting. So there's a very small percentage of people who like grow through the concrete. Most right. of us, most entrepreneurs, you need a real strategy. Thanks. Bars on bars. Well, I, I know the snippet that I'm grabbing. Thank you very <laughs> much. All right. Um, so one quote that I, that I love that I used to use all the time is systems don't fail, people do. Right. And as you know, you know, we had the opportunity last year to work together and consult with the company. And I saw how you came in and started working magic from an operational perspective. Can you talk us through a little bit about the importance of setting up the right systems in your business and how that can be vital? To your success absolutely so as soon as you establish what's working in your business you need to implement systems right um you also need to have some preliminary systems in place before you've even proven your concept and you've established what's working because you just do people mm -hmm. confuse systems often with what software Mm -hmm. uh, they'll be using. They confuse systems with, you know, uh, where am I going to host my course or where am I going to host my t-shirts and, you know, what, where am I going to sell from when systems are really the way that you operate in your business on a day-to-day. -day. So mm -hmm. every single thing that you do in business needs a system mm -hmm. and having systems in place ensure that you are able to, number one, scale your business, right? Handle a massive load of work that's coming in uh, for my service-based businesses, it ensures that uh, you actually have some breathing room and you're not working uh, so hard and doing so much work that you're unable to effectively service your customer. Mm -hmm. Systems ensures that uh, customer service standards are in place and kept up. Systems ensures that billing is monitored and you, you, you don't have people pass due and you don't know about it. Uh, mm -hmm. Systems ensures when a customer requests a refund, you know exactly what to do. You know exactly what those steps are. 
So from the moment someone uh, encounters your business, whether it is uh, they see you on Instagram, right? If you're promoting your business a lot on Instagram, you need a system in place. What are your standard operating procedures? Your standard operating procedures are a part of your systems that say, hey, my prospect goes from an Instagram post to my bio to this link that promotes this offer. And then once they click this link, then they go to you know this system and this route and this route. These are all systems. And it's nearly impossible to build a successful business with longevity. And that's key because you can build a successful business and be all over the place, but right. one with longevity, uh, one that has a great reputation and, and, and operates in excellence is difficult to build that without systems in place. So it's critical. Um, and, and if you don't know what systems need to be in place, uh, so a coach comes in, <laughs> or a systems expert that's you know seriously you, yeah. you don't know what you don't know you only know what your experience has introduced you to mm -hmm. so people throw the systems word around you know like it's the new fad not really understanding what system means everything that happens is a system even you know if someone emails your customer service support team there's a system in place how soon do we respond what's our turnaround time is there an autoresponder who checks this email if the email contains this, this, this type of information, what chain does it go down? Those are all systems. What's up guys? Welcome to another segment of Fix Your Finances Friday, where each and every Friday we help you fix at least one thing when it pertains to your finances. So on this Friday, what I want you to do is I want you to look at all your debt collectors, all the folks you owe some coins to, and I want you to give them a call and see if they will give you an interest rate reduction, right? Because the reality is you don't know until you ask, right? And in this COVID environment, right, there, there's a lot more leniency with these institutions because people are laid off, people are furloughed, People, you know, got fired and, you know, people aren't able to keep up with their bills. Right. There's a lot more leniency. And so maybe you are able to keep up with it, but you just want to use that leverage to say, hey, look, I need an interest rate reduction. Another thing you can do is you can also look up, you know, other lending institutions that are currently offering, you know, zero interest rate balance transfers and maybe like zero interest for like 12, 24, 18, 36 months. Because what that means is you can make the same payment or whatever the new payment will be. And since you won't have any interest, you're going to be able to pay that debt off faster because there's no interest associated with it for that time period. So guys, check that out. It's super easy and simple to do, and it'll help you get out of debt faster. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought up that it's not about software and all this fancy stuff. A system, the way I like to define it is, you know, anything that will increase the probability of success and mitigate human error. Right. So, you know, if you think about it, if you wash, you know, we're all guilty of this, right? You, you wash your clothes, you put them in the dry. We all can do that. But what, what don't we do? We don't, we don't fold the clothes. Right. Oh, oh my so, God. So the system, <laughs> right. So the system is, dumping them on the bed that you sleep on so that at least you have to look at it. You might push it to the side. It might be your cuddle buddy for the night. You might push it on the floor, but at least it's going to increase the probability of success if you're forced to look at it. And that's how you got to think about systems. It's like, what can I put in place that will save me from myself? Yeah. Because when your business starts to grow, you start to get more customers, you start to get more clients. Like you're human. It's not that you're a bad business person. You're human, right? You saw that email. Then you got that text message. You forgot to respond to that email. Like, and so that's the point of systems. Systems maximize effectiveness, period. I think if we sum that up, systems are in place to maximize your, your effectiveness. Right, 100%. So you mentioned Instagram. You must be reading my notes. I told you Donnie Diaz going on. She must be reading my notes over here. Because <laughs> literally my next question was, because you mentioned Instagram. Instagram is a great tool to leverage your business, to grow your business. But I think it was top of this year, you got hacked or something like that. Yeah, I did. Yeah, Instagram got hacked. You know, Donnie had a solid, really solid following too. Um, it wasn't even on Instagram that much. That's just, you know, she's just popping like that. She didn't have to post that much, but people still wanted to follow her, right? <laughs> so your Instagram got hacked and then you went to zero, but you didn't, I mean, I, of course, everybody wants to fix that problem while they can, but like, 
I don't know. I'm a very perceptive person. It just didn't feel like you, for lack of better terminology, gave a fuck. It was just like, this sucks, but oh well, right? And that's, that's the vibe that I got. And so the reason why I'm bringing that up is because I want to know how, as a businesswoman, how are you able just to overcome that? Because there's some people, if their Instagram gets shut down, it's a wrap. Ain't no more brand deals, ain't no more clients, no customers, no database, no nothing. So I'm pretty sure this is an extension of what we just talked about from a system standpoint, but how are you able just to be like, okay, cool. And, and on top of that, I'm gonna launch a brand new business model that's thriving and I don't need a big following to make it happen. Just walk us yeah. through that. And that was, that's, that's kind of amazing to think about that you Instagram guy had, had to start from scratch and then launch this new business model and it's thriving, right? So just, just walk us through that. Yeah, so I went from tens of thousands of followers to zero, literally overnight. Woke up in the middle of the night, you know, to do what we do, check our Instagram, and I couldn't log into anything. My Instagram, my Facebook, everything that was connected to Facebook was shut down. Um, and, you know, I spent, I spent about two weeks trying to satisfy Facebook and figure out how to get my page back and all that stuff. But they finally responded, George, one time and said, hey, we are not restoring this page. Uh, you completely violated the terms of our agreement. Do not email us again. We will not respond. Wow. They said that, like literally, if you email again, we will not respond. And so at that moment, I said, well, I guess I have to start all over. I have to start a new Instagram page. And I even considered staying off of Instagram, you know, for a while, but it wasn't fair to my existing customers and clients. So mm -hmm. I decided to uh, get back on Instagram and... You know, I think as of, as of last week, I had a thousand followers, uh, this week, I don't know what, ha what has happened and, or what's floating around about me, but I've gained like 700 new followers in the last yeah. week and a half or so. I think it's the podcast you did because it, it got shared a lot. I saw somebody, they said they listened to it a couple of times that I shared it in my story. So I think again, once people hear what Donnie has to say, they're like, oh, I got to tap in. I got to, let me see what she's talking about. Yeah, so I've got these, you know, new followers that are coming in and, and that's great. But number one, I have a system in place where if you're remotely interested in doing business with me, you end up on my email list some sort of way, right? And that system is in place, whether you find me on Instagram or if you found me at an event. If we had a conversation, if you purchased a product from me, if you wanted more information, you ended up on my email list. So thank God I still had a viable email list that was unscathed. By the way, when I lost all my social media, I immediately backed up my email list from my CRM systems. And I do that now about once every 60 days. So I go in and I download those reports because I have seen people's in, uh, email accounts get hijacked as well and they lose that data. If I lost that, we may be in trouble, right? <laughs> um, the other thing, George, is honestly, I have built I've worked really hard at building relationship equity. And though, though Instagram does provide a viable stream, you know, of, of contacts or list building, Instagram for me is list building. And so, um, and then list building turns into money. Your list turns in, you know, to conversions and that turns into money. Mm -hmm. And so I've built up a good relationship a lot of relationship equity. Let me tell you, let me, let me tell you something else for people who are really striving to get these big followers. I didn't miss a beat selling my coaching services or my university that I launched later on. The people who were really plugged into me, who wanted my information and who wanted to buy, they found me. They, mm -hmm. found, they said, hey, we have not heard from Donnie Wiggins in a long time. Let me go and search her page and see what's yeah. going on. And so they would go and search for me. And I, you know, my original page was Donnie Wiggins. Now it's Donnie Wiggins underscore. But now when you type in Donnie Wiggins, my Donnie Wiggins underscore pops back up. They say, hey, I'm not following this page. They saw the announcement that I had that I had been hacked and they found me. Out of the almost 20,000 followers that I had, when I got back up to right around 1,000 people, I realized those were the people who actually were spending money. All 20,000 of those people weren't spending money. Mm. That follower account meant nothing. The right. people who were a part of my community, who, who belonged with me, found me. And so I was able to get back out there and just communicate with those individuals. And I really liked that small community because those people who matter to your brand don't get lost.
So I have to be really intimate and, and close with my niche of people who spend money with me. Those other, you know, 16 to 18, 18,000 people weren't spending money, <laughs> weren't spending wow, money. It looks, so literally it looks 10% cool, of right? my audience. Yeah, literally 10, the 10% of my audience that uh, mattered, they found me. And so, no, I, I was not uh, pressed to build my social media following. I still am not pressed to build my social media following. I just had another successful entrepreneur uh, really get me together about that. So uh, I, I have this self-imposed challenge that, that I'm doing now over the next 30 days to become more active on social media. And that really is just because, again, that's something that I owe to my clients um, because they build their businesses on social media and I am like, post, 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 post. I have to show them how that works and the results that you get from it. But I also, it, me being hacked helped my coaching so much because I know that before that happened, I really started to coach and make people heavily reliant on social media and you gotta post and you, got, you have to have content and you gotta do this, 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 this. We can't neglect. And in fact, we have to prioritize other outlets as well. Right, and you, you gotta prioritize what you own. Right, you like you own the email list as long as you back it up, right? You you own you own that list. Instagram, like like they showed you, right? Even though obviously you weren't literally the person that violated the the policies. Like, hey, look, somebody did. And they use your name and your SOL, yeah. right? And so you just have to prioritize that. Now that makes a lot of sense. Um, so you know you're a no nonsense, no fluff, you know, entrepreneur and coach, but also know that you're big on you know manifesting success. But if we're being honest. You know, that word is being thrown around very loosely these days. Um, and I don't think a lot of people really know what it means to manifest anything, right? So I'm curious if you can kind of give us, you know, a little insight to like your perspective on the importance of manifestation, because obviously you do the work, you know, better but with the best of them, but you also understand the power of manifestation. So if you could unpack, you know, what does manifestation mean to you and how does that show up and how is that important um, in the grand scheme of, you know, the, the life that you're trying to create for yourself? Yeah. So it's incredibly important. Um, I think it's Bob Proctor who says, if you can see it in your head, then you can hold it in your hand, mm. right? What? And people overlook something so powerful. Like really think about what, what he's saying. If you can see it in your head, you can hold it in your hand. Mm. We are manifesting every single one of us, whether we want to or not, whether we believe it or not, whether it's good or bad, you are manifesting whether it's good or bad. Your mm -hmm. thoughts really do become things. And people believe that it's mumbo jumbo or the people who do believe it's mumbo jumbo believe so because they've not ever been taught how potent their thought process is mm -hmm. and what it actually means to believe and, and to manifest. So again, we are manifesting whether we want to or not. And that really, you know, the, the way that I have applied manifestation into my life is, you know, there are things I think that we've all thought about or wanted to have that we eventually got. We eventually got it, you know, starting as a kid during the holidays and you wanted this birthday gift or this Christmas present and you're, you're thinking on it and you can't wait and you're going to bed every single night all month before Christmas and you're thinking about this toy truck or this doll or, you know, these things. And you know, yes, you ask your parents for it, but you give them a list of things that they still have to choose from. And you, you, that, that's a manifestation of a dream. Like, and, and when I'm explaining manifestation to people, I always encourage you to go back to that childlike imagination, that childlike imagination that made you believe that, you know, little boys believe that they could climb the refrigerator like Spider-Man, right? And some kids really do it. Right. Some kids really do it. We see it all the time floating around social media. And it's not because it's just a thought. They don't just see something in their imagination and think, oh, I can climb the refrigerator. Mm -hmm. They see themselves as Spider-Man. They absorb in the thought that they are Spider-Man and they see themselves before they take their first stride climbing that refrigerator. And there's something about the energy. There's something about the energy connected to a thought that you can feel a thought that has emotion, right? Yeah. And it allows those things to manifest into fruition. The same thing with stuff that's bad. So there's a saying that's oftentimes used with, you know, women, especially in relationships. If you go looking for it, you'll find it. You'll find it. And 
sometimes manifestation um, is confused with just intuition when really mm -hmm. they're, they're in alignment. Because if you look at a relationship, remember I like to put stuff in layman's terms and you can feel that something, something strange is going on with your partner. Well, you've got this thought and every single time they leave home, now you've got this feeling attached. There's this gut-wrenching feeling that says something is going on. Well, it manifests and reveals itself by how much work, how much action are you willing to take to prove it right or wrong? Well, you go through the phone or you follow them or you know, you, you secretly turn on the uh, share my location so you can talk where they're going and things like that. Yeah. And all of those things, manifestation is just a series of events that are in a, that line up to produce the thought that you had into real life, into your reality. Wow. That's refreshed my perspective on what it means because, because yeah. again, it, it goes back to the work, right? It's like, okay, I, I have this thought and I truly believe, right? And so now I'm committed to, because I already believe it, I'm committed to the little micro steps that will make it real. The series of steps, right? And wow. that's how you manifest. The reason that people are unsuccessful at manifesting is because they're missing an element. So they'll have a thought, but they don't have any belief. Oh mm. man, I really deserve to marry a rich husband. But I don't believe that'll ever happen to somebody like me from this little small town that I'm from. Well, now we're missing something. Or they'll have the thought and the belief, but they attach no emotion. See, again, if you can see it in your head, you can get it in your hand. And so if you can see yourself driving your dream car, then you know what your work, you know the end result that you're working toward. And guess what? You're either going to take the small actions every single day or in whatever frequency you need to, to make that happen, or you're not. So there's the thought, there is the belief, there is the, uh, the vision that you visualize in your head through your imagination. There's an emotion that you attach to it. And then there are actions. You can't just think something and it becomes. You think it, you speak it, you become it. Or you see it here before you see it here. Right. And if you're serious enough about manifesting, if you're focused enough, if you're intentional enough, and you apply that with actual work, it happens. And so um, I'm, I'm running this manifestation challenge right now, which is probably why you asked that question. Mm -hmm. And I point out to people all the time, um, there's one thing that, that's on my list of affirmations that I am intentional about doing the work on so that they can manifest into something real. It can come off the paper and manifest, meaning turn into, result into uh, something that is real. Mm -hmm. That's all that means. People put so much power and emphasis on this word manifest like it's magic or right, you know, right, it just right. means that you're taking a thought and you're doing the steps that are required to make it a thing. So I'd rather say this, a reason that people have a, a hard time believing in manifestation is because it can oftentimes feel like manifesting isn't working for you. And mm -hmm. let's say that you are, let's say that your goal is to start a new business. And that is what you are manifesting for. That is what you're affirming with your words and your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Well, people only see the end result of, well, I didn't get this business yet. I didn't get this business this month. So this manifestation shit's not working when really they don't see the fact that they found me on Instagram or you on Instagram and we help entrepreneurs create businesses and create success in their business. That could be a step. They don't see the fact that they were invited to this networking event where they could meet other people who can provide resources for them as a part of the manifestation process. Yeah. They don't see the fact that they just finally have a clear understanding on what kind of business they actually want to start something that they've been struggling with all this time. Well, without those steps, you know, all of those steps are the, the small sequence of events that happen that if this person keeps going, they'll manifest the business. But what happens is all they're seeing, manifestation means that they, they only see the big result. Oh, month after month after month, I don't have the well-established business. They're not paying attention to the process. Mm. And so because the process doesn't look like the end result, they quit and then claim that manifestation isn't real or it doesn't work. Preaching. You preaching. It's almost like like making like a recipe, right? It's almost like, okay, 
we know that we want to bake this cake, but we can't overlook the fact that we just got the sugar and then we got the flour and then we got the baking powder. These are all necessary components, but you just want to jump to the cake. You just want to get um, Yeah, that's powerful. That's really powerful. All right. So I know we've kind of talked about it a little bit um, as we as we wind down here. Uh, I know you have a program called, was it the Six Figure Accelerator, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so tell us a little bit about that, exactly what that is. And, you know, uh, are you currently, are your doors currently open for that? Just want to learn a little bit more. Cause I know I got some listeners who definitely after hearing this, going to be like, Hey, look, your podcast is cool, but I got to tap into what this, this Donnie Wiggins is talking about. So tell us about their program, your program and how people can, you know, work with you. So I built a whole university, um, six figure EDU. And in that university, I have, a, I have a program called six figure accelerator. And that is for the entrepreneur who wants to create a viable means to earning six figures in the space of coaching, consulting, and information-based entrepreneurship, which just means that you have something that you want to teach someone. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's one of the most effective spaces to be in. So if you are an entrepreneur, you know, this could be for someone who's brand new. You've never been an entrepreneur before, but maybe you're really, really great at Uh, giving advice about something. Maybe you're the go-to person for a a certain area and you've been doing it for free. You've been doing it on love. Um, Now I come in at showing you how you can turn that love and that advice that you're just giving on GP into a business, into a a course or a membership program or um, not even just a membership program, but a program period or one-on-one coaching services. I teach you how to consult, coach, or create resources so that now you can make money. Mm -hmm. Ideally, the goal is for you to create a path where you can make six figures. George, it's such an incredible space to be in because I get the pleasure of showing people how people will pay you for your ideas and proving to you how you don't have to know something from A to Z in order to be effective at teaching someone something and build a business. All you have to do is know one step more than someone else to get people to pay you. So if you know from A to B and you can teach that or A to D and you can teach that. I recently saw on Instagram, there's this couple who are thriving in a six figure business by teaching people how to lose weight using double dutch. Double dutch. Every black girl who grew up right in urban areas grew up on double dutch. And I don't think that any of us ever looked at that jump rope and said, I am going to create a six figure business from this by giving young girls or girls or women an opportunity to get back in shape by connect reconnecting them with a childhood favorite they're making six figures doing that um there's i I have a woman who uh, makes six figures teaching people how to make candy apples six figures teaching people how to make candy apples i have a young man who is uh he owns a successful uh he's my one-on-one coach and we we took him from uh eight months ago in january of this year uh, he was making $3,500 from his fruit food truck. He mm-hmm. worked with me over these last eight months. And now he's averaging uh, about $50,000 a month from his food truck. And so because he's amassed that amount of success, he's now equipped to teach other food truck, uh, you know, aspiring food truck owners how to do the same thing. So he had me as a one-on-one coach to build the business. And now we're creating a program where he can get paid for teaching people the blueprint. And, and, and he's going to be teaching people basically essentially what I taught him, right? I love and, it. And the, and the things that he applied. So Six Figure Accelerator, uh, that program has really taken off and it shifted because it's, it's, it's a totally comprehensive program. It eliminates the need for you to have to go and buy this resource from this place, this resource from this place. And now that you understand these, these pieces, you got to Google or YouTube or buy another resource. It's totally comprehensive. So it's going to take you from the very beginning of your platform, the, be- the very beginning of your idea. It's going to help you to put it together. It's going to teach you how to sell it. It's going to teach you mindset principles that you must have in order to even operate a six-figure business. I right. teach you marketing strategies. I teach you, you know, how to actually run a business. And it's not just one of those, um, it's not a program where you're just sitting in and you're listening to me teach information. It's an implementation course. So you have to perform every step of the way and each area of performance, each action step is actually you building your business. And my students begin to make money while still, before they ever even, you know, graduate from the program. And then there's an element of group coaching. So you still get my feedback 
and uh, you know, connection with me through the group coaching uh, format. So it's an incredible space to be in. I mean, I'm, I'm so proud of it. And it's helping a lot of people who, who are looking like, what can I do? Everybody doesn't have the capital to open you know, a brick and mortar business. Everybody doesn't have the capital to get systems that need to be in place to provide certain services. Mm-hmm. There's something that almost all of us can teach someone. And I help you discover that and teach you how to monetize it. I love it. And you know what I love most about it is that, like you said, because people are coming to you with their unique thing that literally is unique to them, it's no kind of, you're not looking at like, dang, I taught you how to grow your business. And now you went off and ran off from the plug and teaching everybody like, no, like that's your unique thing, right? So you're now teaching people how to do, get the results that I got you. And you can do that over and over and again, and it's not competing with anybody else, nor are they detracting from you. So um, I love the real beauty of coaching, George, You, you just said it. And I have to highlight that the real beauty of coaching is to find someone who doesn't hold back. I want you to be successful. Number one, it's not the fee that you pay me every single month that I'm after. It's the story because your story is going to open up so many other doors, Mm -hmm. right? I can write a book about it. I can give a speech about it. I can get book to speak about it. I can do a podcast about it. I can create a membership group about it. I can create a course about it. I can create a program, you know, about it. So Mm -hmm. your story is really what I'm after. And I am only going to help you amass a certain level of success if I don't hold anything back. And one of the biggest keys that I can give you in business, give any of your listeners in business is copy the right cat. (laughs) I like that. Copy the right cat. There's absolutely nothing wrong with being a copycat to a degree, but you have to make sure you're copying the right cat. And I say to to a degree because obviously you never want to put yourself in a position where you're taking anybody's proprietary information. But all we are doing is robbing and duplicating. We rob and we duplicate. We rob and we duplicate. We listen to our mentors and our coaches and we find what works and we implement it in our business and then we teach others. Mm -hmm. That's essentially what that means. So be inspired by, pick up the keys that you need to pick up, learn how to make it yours, um, you know, kind of make it your thing, make it fit into your model and then go out there and help some other people. The more people you serve, the more successful you'll become. I love it. I love it. Donnie, thank you so much um, for the game, the wisdom, the bars, the gems, and the laughs that you brought to the show today. Um, So I just have a couple more questions. Uh, So being that 2020 has been a roller coaster of a year, right? Which honestly, it's not, you know, the the crazy part of it is it sounds like the same thing for both of us, despite all this going on in the world. Um, business-wise, it's been an incredible blessing, right, in, in this season, right? Um, so that's that's great news. But I'm curious, as we are entering into Q4, uh, what are you still very excited about um, as we close out this roller coaster of a ride that is 2020? So I have been incredibly excited. I am still excited uh, moving into fourth quarter about seeing what uh, – You know, one of the most exciting things, and and I want to say this, what has happened in this year, the the amount of tragedy that we've experienced, the, uh, you know, the unfortunate events, people becoming sick, and and, and just seems like all of the loss of life and loss of of ownership in business and everything. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't take that, that experience away from anyone who experienced that. But as a result, I think that all of those happenings have really really led and contributed to a lot of people, especially in the African-American community saying, you know what, life is so short. I am going to go out here and give it all I got. Like all I can do is, is win or learn a lesson. There really is no fail, right? The only fail is really just not to try. So to see all of these people who are out here, like getting it in these streets, they are, they are, they are trying to see all these people who are trying, they're signing up for courses, they're investing in themselves, they're seeking out mentors and coaches, and they are actually putting a foot in front of the other and making progress. I am most excited to see how this all manifests, how it all evolves and pays off. I am excited to see so many other people freeing themselves through entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see so many people freeing themselves just through creating another source of income and proving to themselves that it can be done. I know that it is so satisfying because I've been there to actually not know what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. And then you turn around months later or years later, and now it's done. I know that feeling. And I know that I know what it did to my life. I know, 
you know, uh, what it did to my mom and the people who count on me most and how proud they are of me and uh -huh. now me impacting other people who are close to me to go out and aspire to be more than just someone's employee. I am excited to see so many other people experience that. I can't wait for it. Like, I love it. We're, we're blowing up in this space as entrepreneurs. Um, this is an election year. There's just so much, you know, that we have to do and have to prove. Mm -hmm. And um, I can't wait to see it. Love it. I love it. Um, and if you could go back and tell young Donnie, and I feel like you did a post about this one time. Mm -hmm. uh, if you could go back and tell young Donnie, any, you know, with like a couple of key things, right? Like given all the life, all the experience, all the good, the bad, the trials, the ugly, the fun, the success. If you had to distill it down to just a couple of things, two or three, what would you go back and tell young Donnie? Calm the F down. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like calm down, Donnie. Everything is going to work out. That's not just cliche. Listen to some people who have trekked the path that you're trying to be in mm -hmm. on and stop listening to people whose results you don't admire. Mm. Stop doing that early in the game. Stop listening to people whose results that you don't admire. How do you know if you admire their results? Well, would you trade places with them? Would you trade places with them in their relationship, in their business, in, in, in their parenting, any of those situations? But uh, also most importantly, just keep going, keep mm -hmm. discovering, Continue to be unafraid of taking risks, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe make maybe maybe set a little bit more criteria for the risks that you take, but don't ever stop being afraid to take risks. Keep taking those risks. It's, it's going to pay off. Keep learning. It's going to pay off. Keep being unique. It's going to pay off because one day, Donnie, somebody is going to pay you for all that learning, all of that uniqueness, and all of that fearlessness that's inside of you. That's what I would tell me. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. And my very last question, so I can let you go, so that you can go serve a <laughs> community of people that that trust and and, and support you. Um, what does living life uncensored mean to you? Mm. Mm, that's a good question. In fact, I don't think I've ever been asked that question. So I hope that I can answer it well. Living life uncensored to me, um, I would think that. I, I believe that that has a lot to do with living a life that you're proud of being aired on, big, on a big picture, right? So being free to be exactly who you are. Yeah. And in fact, I even did a post earlier today, I'm building a business in order to accommodate my life uncensored. Mm. And what that means is I no longer want to, have you ever been on a job um, and, and a friend called you and that friend said to you, oh, you had your, your work voice on. Yeah. Right? I don't, I don't want that ever again. I want to speak in the dialect that I speak in. I want to dress in the clothes that I'm comfortable in. I want to teach about the things that I believe are important to me. I want to love openly and freely. I want to be free to make mistakes without having to give a damn what anybody says about it. I want to be so comfortable being me that you could judge me and I just don't really care. I, I'm not concerned about your judgment. Your judgment does not serve me. Um, and so I think that it has a lot to be, a lot to do with uh, living life on your own terms. Really create, and, and we say that, but how many people actually mean that, right? right? Living life on your own terms, being exactly who you want to be, when you want to be it, um, you know, as it relates to business, people are building businesses and they're working so hard, so hard to the point where they're compromising family time, they're compromising romance, they're compromising relationships. I just don't believe that that's living an uncensored life or a life on your own terms. So really figuring out what, what makes you happy, what makes you, what makes you feel passionate, what makes you feel bliss and I wrote out a list a long time ago, and that list is compiled of things that if I had the opportunity to be aware that I was passing away on my deathbed, it's a list of things that I would absolutely regret not doing. Mm. And living life uncensored is making sure that I check off every single one of those things. And here, and here you go talking about, I've never been asked this question. I don't know how I'm going to answer. And that's the best answer I've ever got. <laughs> 
I mean, when you mean it, you know what I right. mean? Like, you know, when you mean it, I guess it's just, it's just in you. And, and that's what I would think, like checking off any of the things that I would regret had I not been able to check it off. Mm. And, and what, 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 more, what more is there to say after that? Donnie, thanks so much. It was great to have you on. Great to catch up. Great to learn about all the amazing things that you have going on. Um, I would drop the mic, but this is kind of expensive. So I was just going to do a fake mic drop. (laughs) Um, But thank you. I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much for the time today. And I know the world is going to love this one. Thank you, George. And thank you for having me. It's been a long time since we've shared uh, this Zoom platform, you know. Right, I know it's every every Friday for two and a half hours. For Uh, two and a half hours. It's great to see us here and just, you know, being productive and, and impactful and effective as usual. Thank you for sharing your platform with me. Seriously, it means a lot. Absolutely. Donnie, you, you get yourself a breather before that, that next call. And again, thank you so much. And of course, uh, until the next time, guys. Thank you for tuning in to an episode of The Uncensored Show. Take at least one thing you heard today and apply it to your life immediately so that you can become one step closer to living a more meaningful and fulfilling life and aligning your resources to what matters most to you. Remember, money is just a resource to fuel your journey. The question is, what's yours?